Hello and Happy New Year. We're back with your Activist Beyond the Byline podcast. I am Evi Kiori and on this very first episode of our podcast for 2023, we are discussing Croatia's transition to the euro. How could the adoption of the euro affect the economy? How are Croats experiencing the impact of this transition? What is the government willing to do to absorb inflation? And why transitioning to the euro is an important step for the country? From January 1st, the Croatian kuna and the euro have been in dual use for cash payments. After January 14, 4 million Croats will have to say goodbye to the kuna and will have to complete all their economic activities by using the euro. Entering the euro is remembered as one of the country's biggest achievements since it gained independence during the breakup of Yugoslavia 31 years ago. After EU finance ministers gave Croatia the green light in July to join Eurozone, the country's central bank had to make extensive preparations to have a smooth transition to the bloc's currency. Today I'm joined by Euractiv's editor-in-chief Zoran Radosavljevic and economist Jolt Darvas to talk about Croatia's transition to the euro. We also hear from Croat citizens how they are experiencing the impact of adopting the euro. So, Jolt, what does it mean for Croatia to transition from the kuna to the euro? For Croatia, it was a rather sensible decision to join the euro area. First of all, because the Croatian economy is strongly integrated with other eurozone countries, but also because a large share of credits and deposits in the Croatian banking system was already Uh, denominated in, in euros. So in fact, joining the euro eliminated an important risk for households, uh, for people, and also for, for uh, companies. Furthermore, even when Croatia was outside the euro area, the exchange rate was rather stable. So Croatian authorities, namely the, the Croatian Central Bank, did not use uh, its option to conduct an independent monetary policy, but rather they, they targeted the exchange rate to the euro, kept it very, very stable, possibly because they believe this is good for the country, this is good for attracting tourists. Now, if Croatia did not, had, did not have its own independent monetary policy, then again, joining the euro, a very credible block, Uh, was a rather sensible and wise decision. And Zoran, you happen to be from Croatia as well. So what made the transition so special? The thing that makes this special is the war in Ukraine, which created the crisis, the energy crisis, the inflation that reached, I think, about 13% in November or December. The prices were steadily rising from March till December which already annoyed people because, of course, the uh, the salaries did not catch up at the same pace. So what happened uh, the 1st of January is that the merchants and the service providers did take a bit of an advantage from the euro to round off the prices upwards, of course. It wasn't a big, it wasn't a big hike, but it sort of got on people's nerves because it It came on top of all the other price hikes throughout the year. And what angered people especially is that the government assured them 
before that there would be no price hikes. We would put monitoring in place and there would be name and shame lists. But when I spoke to merchants, they said there was no control, there was no inspection. And trust me, Zoran, this is how it will be. And rounding up the prices had impact on uh, households. So let's hear from Nikolina Lednitsky, who lives in Croatia, how the situation changed for her. Since the 1st of January, uh, all of the uh, prices in stores and everywhere else um, have um, been, again, um, higher uh, than before because a lot of uh, people just started um, rounding up numbers. Uh, so some prices have risen as much as 25% and more. Uh, so right now uh, there is a huge problem with the inflation and with the euro um, and a lot of people have um, struggled with it because um, as you probably know Croatia uh, has a very low standard and uh, in the EU um, so we are um, in group with like Romania and Bulgaria so right now um, a lot of people are struggling with costs of um, basically everything. Meanwhile Vered Perkovic is explaining how inflation in general led to a spike in the food prices and compares what her family had to spend a couple of months ago with what they have to spend now. I'm not sure if the inflation is due to euro because the prices have been rising for quite a while now. But since we entered the eurozone, it's more clear to us how much more we are paying for staple items comparing comparing to let's say in Slovenia the food prices are extortionate currently um and it's impacting our home budget in a really really big way so just for comparison uh we just did a uh, the same shopping as we did four months ago so the same shopping list with staple Uh, dry goods, we paid 30 euro more. It's very frustrating that with such low salaries, we're paying 40% more than our more developed and prosperous neighbors. You're listening to Euractiv's Beyond the Byline podcast. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter on euractiv.com slash newsletters. And if you want to expand your knowledge in other fields, you can listen to our tech podcast and our agri-food podcast. And if you have any comments or ideas, you can drop a line at podcasts at euractiv.com. Zoran, coming back to you, you already mentioned briefly the government's promises, but what action could the government take? Now the government is reacting because they saw the popular anger in Croatia. And I think today or tomorrow they are going to come up with concrete measures. (sighs) Concrete. It remains a bit vague because nobody really knows what's in the government's arsenal. But they are talking about some extra taxes or cuts in subsidies or even a freeze, actually first a return of prices to the level of, we don't know yet, 31st December or 1st December or even 1st November, Mm -hmm. and then a freeze on key articles of, I think, food mostly. Mm. Is it realistic to return to prices that existed in November and December? 
That's a million kuna question, I think. Also, now that I mentioned this million kuna, there's this quiz called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? It was denominated in the kuna. Now it goes back to like 150,000 euros and people are asking, should we really call it Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Or should we raise the, the award to 1 million euros, which in Croatia is a lot. That's actually a good example to demonstrate the change. But when will Croats uh, feel and understand better what this transition means? You have to wait for the people to receive their salaries and pensions and to spend them, which would probably happen very quickly. And only then will they get the full sense of what this means. Mm-hmm. The first two weeks, as you said, they can pay in kuna and in euros, but they need to get the return, the, the change in euros. Now, this creates all kinds of problems for the merchants because they need it to get prepared. They need to get bags of euro coins, euro cents to be able to return. And also what I've noticed and what has been criticized by the central bank and by the government, a lot of people are beginning to use in these two weeks uh, shops as an exchange office. They walk in with a big kuna note, a paper note, and they buy something small like uh, chewing gums or cigarettes. And so the poor merchant has to return everything in euros down to the last cent. And then you get old ladies, you know, counting the cents, which they're not familiar with. One, two, three, five. What is this? Is it a euro or a kuna? And it creates huge queues at the cash desks and it takes ages. But this is, I think I would call this teething problems for the first two weeks. I'm sure by the end of January, everybody will forget. So everything will be normal again and a new currency. Well, normal, yeah, it's a very relative term (laughs) because as always, prices go up on their own and salaries, the pace of the salary increase is always much slower, which means uh, living standards will maybe take a bit of a hit, but in the end it will level out. I think when the tourist season comes, if it's good, and again, hotels will raise prices once again because of the euro and because, yeah, we are now also, it's also worth mentioning, we joined the Schengen on the same day, which means tourists can come more easily and spend their euros here. But Croatia any- is not anymore one of the cheap destinations no, no, in the no. EU now. So No, no, no. There's even a risk if they overdo it that they price themselves out of the market. And uh, Scholt, what impact could this have for the country's economy? The impact will be relatively small, small but positive, and certainly every small uh, positive uh, impact matters. Let me say that that when you look at the academic literature, it typically concludes that whenever a country enters the euro area, there is no big boost in trade. I mean, trade doesn't increase much further when a country joins the euro. Nevertheless, there are some small advantages. For example, uh, the most important one is the elimination of uncertainty because whenever a country has its own currency, which has its own exchange rate to the euro, then the exchange rate can change from day to day, from from month to month. Even though the central bank aims to control uh, exchange rate movements, there is a risk that the exchange rate could change. But when a country like Croatia enters the euro area, this risk is completely eliminated. And, you know, lower uncertainty is typically good for economic activities. So it it can be good for investments. It can be good for consumption. uh, It can be good for tourism. 
Another issue is that um, there is no costs related to changing currency. So, so far when, let's say, a, a German tourist went to, to the Croatian seaside, then she or he had to exchange uh, the euros to Croatian kuna. And if any kuna remained in, in uh, her or his pocket, it had to be changed back to, to euros. All these in involve direct costs, all these involve time because you have to spend time on, on changing the currency. So <clears throat> there is no need to, to change currency anymore since Croatia is in the euro. Uh, <clears throat> so there's a kind of saving some costs uh, for, for everyone who, who either visits Croatia from abroad or when Croatian citizens uh, go abroad or Croatian companies make business abroad. Also, a small positive effect could come from increased competition because now <clears throat> within the Croatia and the euro, all prices are quoted in euro. So it's very easy to compare prices uh, across countries. So anybody who would like to buy, let's say, a, a television set, they can check, you know, what is the price in Croatia or in the neighboring Italy or, or, or Austria very easily. Uh, <clears throat> so greater price comparability can force some, some extra competition. And, you know, competition is always good for economic performance. So, so all, all in all, I see the, the major on the, on the positive sides. There also could be risks because, for example, uh, if we look at the experience of Spain, Portugal or Italy during the first decade of the euro, I mean, these countries suffered enormously after 2008, the, the global financial and economic crisis, partly because in the during the first decade of the euro, everybody thought that uh, this is the end of, of, of crisis. Now euro <coughs> brought stability uh, and no crisis can ever, ever emerge. And thereby <coughs> there were very fast increase in, uh, in loans and indebtedness. And why is this important? I'm not sure that people realize the full implications, the benefits, because people are thinking in practical terms what this means for my, for my daily life. They don't think in terms of, oh, yeah, it's going to make Croatia more attractive for investors. But as somebody told me, I think it was my hairdresser, it's kind of nice to have euros. So when you go abroad, you don't need to go to an exchange office and, and worry about, is my bank going to cha charge me a conversion fee? which actually did happen to me as well. I, when I was using my Belgian card, mm -hmm. they charge 3.99% for every transaction, which is now gone. Thank you very much. I am Evikiori, and this was your Active Spill the Byline podcast. Visit your Active for the latest news. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on your favorite podcasting app. This episode was produced by myself with the help of Zoran Radosavljevic. Thank you for listening. 